Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, and welcome to Gap to Gap Radio. This is Holly Knight, and thank you for being here. Our guest today is Coach Thomas Thornton. He is the Georgetown head coach, Georgetown College head coach in Georgetown, Kentucky. And just a little bit of about uh, Coach Thornton. Uh, he's been at Georgetown for 17 seasons. He's got a record, uh, impressive, very impressive record of 508 and 280. That's 508 wins and 280 losses. Georgetown's won two Mid-South Conference regular season titles and then two uh, Mid-South um, MSC tournament champions uh, under Coach Thornton. Uh, Georgetown was the Region 11, I think, tournament runner-up in 2004, and then he's had two NEI All-Americans play uh, play there. So we're going to get to know Coach Thornton and the Georgetown program a little bit better. Coach, how's it going today? Hey, it's going great. I'm glad to do anything doing with softball these days. Exactly, exactly. We'll get a little bit to the pandemic and get a little bit about uh, this year's loss of, of games and what's going to happen at Georgetown and how you're recruiting and all that stuff. But first of all, let's get a look, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, are you originally from the Georgetown area? I am a, a lifelong Georgetown, Kentucky resident. Uh, I was born in Carrollton, but uh, shortly thereafter, my family moved here. So I actually graduated from Georgetown College with my undergrad degree, as well as uh, I got my master's here at Georgetown. So uh, I, sometimes I tell people I'm like a bad penny. I just keep turning back up. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I tell you, if if those listeners have not been to the Georgetown area, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous area. The campus is a, a very, very nice campus, and the school has a great reputation and so if you got a, you're going to be a bad penny, that's going to be a good place to be a bad penny. Oh, it's awesome. Um, you know, sometimes I say I'm a little bit biased because I got my degree from here, but uh, I would have a hard time coaching at a school that I couldn't, hmm. um, exp- I couldn't tell the parents uh, that their daughters are going to get a great education uh, because I, I don't want them to just come play ball for me. I want to see them graduate after they get mm-hmm. done playing ball for me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The um, um, Yeah, the school, as I said, a great reputation. Now, how long, because uh, I've been around a little bit, and um, Georgetown has had a master's, hasn't had a master's degree program real long, have, have they? They started a master's in education probably uh, in the 90s. Okay. Um, I I think maybe mid-90s because I started, I got my master's, I think I graduated in 98 with my master's. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's not been extremely long. And, and right now that's all we have is a master's in education. And I say right now because... With our current administration, once we get everything ironed out with uh, with the COVID and with all that, and trying to get everything mm-hmm. back on track, uh, we are we are we are looking at possibly adding some master's programs. Oh, great, great! Now, if anybody is listening live, you can call in at five uh, one excuse me five one six 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 nine four eight eight. That number is on your screen, and feel free to call in and coach. Uh, ask coach questions and I'm sure that he would be open to anything about Georgetown, anything about him, I guess we're talking about him or any softball related questions, just his opinion on things uh, softball related. Uh, We'll try to stay with softball with all the stuff going on in today's world. But uh, so uh, yeah, just feel free to call in or if you want to uh, send me a message, you can send me a message on the screen. There's a chat room uh, down below on the screen. So I'll be watching that as well. Uh, so feel free to contact us there. If you're not listening live, if you're listening after the show, 
uh, you can send me an email and I can forward that if you got questions for coach and his email, I believe is, uh, I think that's how I originally contacted you is on the website. So you can contact coach um, pretty, most college coaches are pretty open to uh, people contacting you. Is that right? Oh, yes. Uh, we, we look forward to hearing from the student athlete. Yeah, yeah. Now, we want to talk about a little bit, uh, uh, getting a lot of things, but at some point definitely want to talk about the NEI kind of because uh, at this point I think you're the first NEI coach I've had. And uh, I'm a, I coached at the NEI at, uh, at one time. And so the NEI has doesn't follow the same rules, the NCAA 1 and 2 with the um, – uh, uh, no contact and, and the uh, rules, that the, the recruiting rules. We want to get to that. But so you gra- uh, graduated from Georgetown. Did you play baseball at Georgetown and then get into softball? What's your athletic background to get into softball? Well, I took a roundabout way of getting to softball. Um, I actually did not play baseball. I was going to Georgetown, thought I was going to walk on and play football. Mm-hmm. Um High school, had a knee injury, um, started to learn a little bit about athletic training. So when I went to college, I decided I started off wanting to get into athletic training. So um, I worked with the football team, worked with the basketball team, and then met the softball coach at the time. And she not only had me work as an athletic trainer, but brought me in to be a student assistant coach. Uh, so I kind of fell into it. wasn't something I expected to do. Uh, loved working with her uh, after I graduated. Uh, it wasn't but a few years that the state of Kentucky went to fast pitch. Um, you know, I think it was mid-90s that the state of Kentucky high school went to fast pitch softball. Uh, a friend of mine took the job at a local high school, and uh, I volunteered to come in and help her. Uh, started because I was teaching middle school with her. Uh, so we started coaching at the local high school. Uh, and then to learn more about the game, I started coaching travel ball. Um, people were trying to get me involved in that. So uh, we would take teams and go play. And uh, anywhere we went, if we faced a team and they did something in a game that I hadn't seen before, and, of course, I was new to the game. So there was a lot I hadn't uh-huh. seen back then. Uh, anything they did that I hadn't seen before, I'd approach the coach after the game and see how long he'd be willing to sit and talk to me. And, and I just started soaking things up and uh, uh, continued coaching high school ball and travel ball. And then and then uh, took a job or came in as a volunteer assistant at Georgetown. And, and, and when that coach left, uh, I took over and have been here ever since. Fantastic. So the uh, travel, when you took the job at Georgetown, were you, did you continue with travel coaching? Uh, after I took the job, well, when I came in as an assistant, uh, I still, at least for another year, I continued to do travel ball. Um, once it looked like I knew he was going to eventually leave, uh, mm-hmm. I actually spent my second year uh, learning a lot of the behind-the-scenes thing, trying to talk to him about, you know, because every coach can tell you there's so much more than just coaching on the field. Uh-huh. Uh, and these are things I didn't know. These are things I hadn't learned because I didn't have to. Uh-huh. Um, so I spent the next year, I got away from that, and I, I went on the road more with him recruiting-wise uh, and learned the ins and outs of how to do all that. So I really only stayed with travel ball for one more year after I came on as an assistant. And then I really kind of geared myself to get ready to – if not take over a program, at least be the tip best assistant coach I could be. Yeah, it's um, the amount of time and, yeah, the, the administrative stuff in the office and uh, away from the office and off the field is, is uh, so overwhelming sometimes, and it's not getting easier. It just back 30 years ago you didn't do as much, but now it just keeps getting uh, more and more difficult. Oh, there's there's days I wish I could get on the field more than I do, and and, and bless your hearts, that's a good re- good reason I have quality assistant <laughs> coaches because it allows me to do the things that I don't like to do because I trust them taking care of the girls and and, and being quality coaches. Yeah, you've got. I was looking at your roster, uh, your coaches roster, and you've got. Gosh, uh, looks like on your website four 
assistants. You've got one, uh, Kelly, she's been with you for uh, eight years, and Lori is in her fourth year. So uh, you've got some pretty good um, experience there. I tell you, I'm blessed, um, and it started before Kelly and Lori came on, but Mm -hmm. I've been blessed with quality assistant coaches. Uh, When I first took the job, the the two gentlemen who were assistants with me stayed on at least for a year or two uh, to help me adjust to it. But even after that, I started bringing in um, my first main assistant coach that I brought in. uh, He and I coached travel ball together. Uh, he was with me for 13 or 14 years, um, and both of his daughters played for me at different times throughout their career. Uh, so, you know, Kelly and Lori, I couldn't ask for better. Kelly is a, a former athlete herself. She played basketball and softball here at Georgetown. Uh, she is a member of Georgetown College Hall of Fame, um, and, you know, she brings a lot to to our program. Uh, Lori uh, we brought Lori in. Her daughter came in to play for us, and I was looking for a pitching coach, and her daughter was my catcher. So it was mm-hmm. one of those that Lori knew a lot about pitching, and, and we mm-hmm. brought her in, and I've, I've been blessed ever since. Her daughter has since graduated, and she's still helping us. Um, she is awesome. And then uh, Chase and Allgaier is with me after gra- after graduating a few years ago uh, as a four-year starter for me. Uh, she is now back helping as a part-time basis. She's uh, finishing her nursing degree. And uh, Jason was my first All-American and a career 440 hmm. batting average for me. Oh, so gosh. She's, a, wow. she's a good person to bring back to work with my hitters. Yeah, yeah. So um, Kelly looks like she was also a pretty good hitter. So does, uh, does both of them, how do you work out your coaching staff with the hitters? Uh, well, I'll be honest with you, hitting is, is kind of my thing. Um, okay. I let Chasen, mm-hmm. you know, when I can't work with them, Chasen takes over the hitters. But it's mm-hmm. kind of my thing. Chasen is a left-hander, so she's mm-hmm. very good at helping me work with my left-handed batters because I have a hard mm-hmm. time sometimes with the turnaround. Mm-hmm. But Kelly, for as good as a hitter she was, she's probably the best uh, shortstop I've ever worked with. Uh, she oh, was gosh. a phenomenal phenomenal defensive player uh so she actually is in charge of our defense she does a lot of even moves to the outfield work with the outfield when i need her to uh but she kind of when we had to divide things up and it allows me to sit back i let chase on take care of my hitters kelly takes care of my defense and of course Lori runs the pitching drills yeah fantastic yeah the assistant coaches i think are at this point i think most likely most of us know most people know how important they are but i don't think you really realize that until you've been a head coach and you've got some really great assistants now um, i'm assuming that most a lot of times your assistant coaches stay a few years and then they get uh either a higher paint because a lot of them they're volunteer they're not making very much money um, do they continue to coach or uh, they move on or what happens a lot of times? Well, I'll tell you, I've been very fortunate in uh, all my assistant coaches, uh, their jobs keep them around the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't normally lose them uh, because, you know, unfortunately Georgetown being what it is, uh, my assistant coaches are not paid assistants. They're all volunteers. Right. Uh, so I have been, I've been blessed to have people like Kelly, who's a retired police officer. So, you know, she's got free time to be able to come do the, Mm -hmm. do the work. Um, you know, like I said, Chase on being a, um, working on nursing. So when, even after she Mm -hmm. gets her degree, she's already got a job at UK lined up. So she's going to have time to come down and work with us as well. Uh, in years past, I've had two or three girls who used to play for me that, uh, were teaching that when they got their teaching degree, they ended up teaching here in Scott County. So they were mm. living close by. Uh, I've been very fortunate to get people who understand the game and know the game and are willing to put in the time to help out. Yeah, that's great. Um, excuse me. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, just looking at uh, the, your coaching record. Uh, now, <laughs> excuse me. Looking at your coaching record, your first year at Georgetown, uh, taking over for, as an you're talking about um, as an assistant, you were 29 and 14. Did you inherit? Because that's a that's a really good record for a first year coach. Did you inherit a good program, or was the program pretty good before you got there? 
Well, I went to get the gentleman I came in as an assistant with. He is a, he is a very very smart man, and I still use things that I learned from him. Uh, he mm-hmm. took a George, and and I have to say he took it because I've just hopefully after hopefully I've added to what he did. Uh, at least mm-hmm. I, at least I like to think that. But he took a program, and in his two years here, uh, before we came in, they had never had a winning season. Uh, at least not in so in fast pitch softball. Wow! Uh, and he took a program and turned them around, and and took back to back years won I think thirty three games both years. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's a testament for what he brought in, and and I learned from him, and 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 I feel like I, I moved along with it. And yes, uh, for for part for part, I did uh, inherit a good team. We also, uh, as as an assistant coach, he and I, uh, we went out the year before. Uh, the year he left and I took over, we actually had 14 freshmen. Uh, okay. So we had really gone out and found found mm-hmm. these kids to come in and make up, you know, because even after he left of that 14 freshmen, I think I still started probably seven of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple of them being pitchers and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, but I mean, these girls came in and they made a big deal. But but I'll be honest with you, that first year is a testament to my seniors. Uh, I had three seniors that year, uh, one of which is probably the best player I've ever coached in my life. Uh, oh God! And I, I don't say that. I don't say that mm-hmm. lightly. She no. She's mm-hmm. a legitimate. I think she legitimately could play. Could have played at a D one or D two school, mm-hmm. uh, and chose to come to Georgetown and. Um, I was glad that she was here, but I had three girls. Um, the head coach left like a week into the fall season. So, you know, it was kind of one of those, mm-hmm. it just, nobody, none of the girls were ready for it. Mm-hmm. So when he took the job he took, um, we sat down with him before practice and, and he explained to him what's going on. And then he got up to leave and, and I said, all right, the rest of you go get stretched. And, and, uh, and I pulled my seniors aside. And uh, two of the three of them looked at me and said, Coach, don't worry about it. And and they hit me. I was like, what Mm -hmm. what do you mean don't worry about it? And they said, (laughs) well, he said, you coach, you take care of what you need to, and we'll take care of the rest. Wow. And they did. You know, the the one girl I I said that she's that good, she was my starting center fielder. She batted three in my lineup that year. Uh, Just did lots of great things. But the other one was my starting catcher. And bless her heart, I, you know, I'm not big on la- having catchers catch every game, but I really didn't have a great backup catcher. So she mm-hmm. probably caught 95% of our games this mm-hmm. year. And I gave her free reign. I let her, she called pitches. She worked the, the pitchers. You know, I had a pitcher one time that year who had going into fifth inning, had a, had a perfect game, and she looked at me and said, Coach, she's done. And I didn't even wow. think about it. I just pulled her oh, out. My goodness. We went to the next wow. pitcher. Hmm. You know, but I, I just I had that much faith in those two girls, yeah. and and even the other senior came on, and did great things for us, and and uh, I'll be I'll be honest, with you, we did that good that year because they made my job easier. That's fantastic. So, um, looking at this, you've had looks like one losing record, not to bring up bad stuff, but uh, of the <laughs> other. <laughs> Of the other seasons you've had, uh, you said you've been there 17, so you've got 16 winning seasons. One uh, rough season, looks like, in the conference and uh, regular season. We don't necessarily talk about that here uh, if we get to the point. I really, one of the things is if, as a uh, former coach, and I still give lessons, still work with teams, and um, I'm retired, and I just love the concept of coaching philosophy and culture and and how you deal with winning and how you deal with losing and um, those type of things. But it was your third season there, but then your fourth, uh, you come back and won really, really well. But your big season, I don't know if you would count it as your best. It looks like it's your most winningest season was 2008-2009 season. You were 31-11, and 4 in a really good conference. So what happened that year? You just, everything come together? No, Lord, I'd have to go back and look at, and I'll be honest with you, thirty-one and, and thirty-one and eleven, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. The, 
Yeah, that's your win loss percentage. The the uh, most wins you've had. Gosh, you've had a couple of seasons where you've had thirty six. We've had some thirty seven. Yeah, thirty seven. Right. Yeah, your uh, thirty uh, most wins was the thirty, the two thousand fourteen season where you were thirty seven and fifteen. So that was a really good, really good year as well. And what so, season were you saying? Two thousand nine. Yeah, I was just kind of picking. I guess really what I'm asking is, do you have – I know you're still coaching, and I know it's kind of taboo a little bit to say, well, that's my best team I ever coached because you're still coaching and you don't want them to feel slighted necessarily. But do you have a year that you say, wow, that was just my – everything came together, everything just was great? Well, I'm I'm, I'm just now pulling up the, the information on the season yeah. you were talking about. And, and I can remember that's probably that's the first year we actually uh, went to the national tournament. Uh, yeah. And, and I was, and, and and I'll be honest with you, we we played well that year, and it was a it was a, it was a solid team. We had great seniors, we had great juniors uh, pitching. We had we had what, three three four solid pitchers we could rotate around, and uh, I was extremely pleased. I guess the 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 one that really hit the most about that weekend was um, how we came back. Uh, we went into the conference tournament in second place, I think, and uh, lost the very first game. And oh gosh! Really, really, really shouldn't have lost that game, uh-huh. and. Uh, came back later that night and won, and then the next day had to win three games back to back to back. Okay. Oh, uh, my my uh, sophomore third baseman, uh, I'm sitting at the field because we we actually hosted the conference tournament that year, and yeah. uh, I'm sitting at the field, get waiting, waiting for the girls to show up, and just kind of watching what's going on, and and she comes and plops down next to me, said, "Coach, we got this." <laughs> and bless her heart, I think she hit 600 or pro- or better for the day with three oh, home runs. Uh. Um, and just we had two extra inning games, um, and just uh, is probably the best day back to back to back day I've ever had. I've ever seen. Oh gosh! Uh, I was wow. just I was so proud of the girls because we won mm. five four, five three, and then five four. Uh, mm. Two of those games going to going to nine innings or eight or nine Goodness. innings. Yeah. So Goodness. yeah, that team that team kind of kind of jumps by. And mm-hmm. I hate to say any one team because really, yeah. I could say the team that was thirty seven and 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 I can't remember how we lost, but they were thirty seven and something, and we went to the national mm-hmm. tournament. And I loved that team just as much as I did the other team, and, mm-hmm. and they both won different ways. Uh-huh. Uh, this first team, the one I was just talking about, they were a good hitting team, and and it was very rare that we got blanked that year. We could we scored uh-huh. against everybody, um, but the the, the thirty seven win team was I had two, my number one number number two pitchers were just dominant all year long, and uh, we won the conference tournament that year with a team batting average of like two fifty. You know, hmm. it's, just, wow. it's not heard of. You just you just don't yeah. do that. So it goes to mm-hmm. show that, you know, we we look to win any way we can. Uh, I mm-hmm. teach my girls we're going to hit, we're going to pitch, we're going to do the best we can on every phase of the game. Um, and and that's what that's what we teach. I mean, from day one we start teaching defense. You know, because I told the girls, mm-hmm. I tell the girls every year, you know, we're going to be good hitters, but even a good hitter is going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. But that's why we teach them defense from the get-go, and that's why we teach them to back up your pitchers from the get-go because our pitchers aren't going to be strikeout pitchers, but they're going to make the hitters hit where we want them to, so we got to be able to back mm-hmm. them up. Exactly, so I, yeah. I guess going to your going to your question, <laughs> you know, philosophy-wise, we teach them to be well-rounded, full softball players, not just one, mm-hmm. admin, one type, you know, don't be good at just one thing, be able to play the whole game. Um, and, and we teach that, you know, we got to adjust. Uh, we might be a great hitting team today, and tomorrow we better be a good defensive team. So we teach them to adjust on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good winning recipe, that's for sure. Uh, and it's been working for you really, really well. 
So um, <clears throat> let's get to 2020. Um, you've got a season kind of going, and all of a sudden, yeah, I don't know. And I know that each course, then there's uh, people from the top coming from the president all the way down to the United States, down to the president of Green, Green or Greenville, Georgetown College, down to um, everywhere. So the process, how did how did it happen, or how did um, I guess walk us through that at Georgetown? Are you talking about the COVID, how that came about? Yes, yeah, because you uh, were in season, right? Oh my gosh, we had played 19 yeah. games. We were yeah. we were 14 and five. Oh gosh! Uh, and actually, yeah, we uh, we were actually on the road because um, that week we had had a, a, a staff meeting and uh, we talked about okay, well these things are happening around us, but nobody's told us we can't play. So you know, because the baseball coach and I both were asking, are we allowed? Because both of us were playing conference games that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of us asked, are we allowed to, are we allowed to keep playing? Cause I was supposed to hit the road. I had a, we, we opened our conference play the weekend. All this was starting to come about. Um, and we were, Oh gosh, you talking about, you talking about teams. I love this team. Just, just like I loved all the yeah. others, but, uh, oh, oh, I mean, we were starting to hit our stride. I felt good for yeah. us going into conference play. I felt like we were going to make a good run and, and, uh, one of my players, um, she had had to, as soon as we got done playing the, the Sunday before, uh, she went to Louisiana. Her brother was being deployed, so mm. I told her mom, I said, fly her back in to Nashville. I'll pick her up on our way because we were going to Lebanon to play Cumberland, Tennessee. I said, I'll pick her up on the way, and that way you don't have to worry about, you know, if you need to stay down there a little bit longer. So, we're actually on the way to, I'm almost at the airport in Nashville, Tennessee, and my hmm. athletic director calls and says, everything is being postponed. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they were wow. just saying postponed. They yeah. weren't saying yeah. canceled. They were, they were just, mm-hmm. hey, let's see what's going to happen. Everything's postponed. He said, so you're, you're not going to be able to play. And I told him, I said, well, I'm in Nashville, and it, it's going to be hard for me to cancel rooms for tonight. So we actually went and stayed in the hotel that night. I let the girls have a, you know, we knew we weren't playing the next day. We were going to get uh-huh. up early the next morning and come on home. Uh, but I let them have an enjoyable night, uh, yeah. hoping it wasn't going to be our last one together. But uh-huh. unfortunately, it did end up being our last one together. Uh-huh. Uh, I think some of the girls kind of knew that. Uh, even uh-huh. though I wasn't saying, you know, we're canceled. It was just, hey, we're going to postpone. We're because we're, at the, at that point they were saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna kill the next three weeks of the season and then try to come back, mm-hmm. and that's what the the our conference and the NAI was telling us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, hey, you know, we're gonna come back together. Don't worry about that. But I think they kind of felt it was coming, uh, and I, mm-hmm. I can't blame them. If you read if you read the newspaper, watch the news, oh, and yeah. these girls live on their phones and stuff, so mm-hmm. they, they know what's going on around them. Uh, so of course I had several seniors, you know, come in to visit with me that night, and just in tears, and because they were afraid this was the last night yeah. they were going to be yeah. together. And, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, yeah, we did get home, and I told the girls, I said, get your stuff, go home for now. You know, we'll be in touch. We'll talk again next week. And you know, since all this has happened, I've had weekly. You know, I've, I've at least called every player on a weekly basis if I'm not hmm. and, and if we not had some kind of a zoom meeting and, and what will we do without zoom oh, Lord, I know I've had so many yeah. zoom I've had so yeah. many zoom <laughs> meetings for something I've never heard of until <laughs> two months ago yeah but uh you know I've talked to the girls every week and, and bless their hearts you know they've learned you know they're not mm-hmm. happy you know they wish they could have played out this year but but they learned, you know, kind of going back to the, to the last question, you know, I teach my girls to, to adjust to what happens mm-hmm. around them and, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're adjusting, you know, even my seniors, they're adjusting and they're, they're moving on to the next part of their lives. And they know they've missed out on something that we all thought was going to be a great year. Uh, but they know in, in the grand scheme of things, they're, they're, they're going to move on and, and, and do great and wonderful things somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So I know the NCAA, uh, <laughs> allows the seniors to come back. Is did the NEI do that, or how did that 
what's the rules for that? We actually, we actually, uh, probably a month ago, well, actually, probably right after all this, everything got canceled. The NAI came out and said, and they didn't say just seniors. They said freshmen on up. Uh, mm. Every class that, that played this year uh, would re- be able to receive an extra year of eligibility. Uh, wow. Now, that being said, you know, it, it, the NAI says, yeah, you can do it, mm-hmm. but you still have to be eligible within your school. You still have to be eligible right. within your conference. So you still have to you still have to be able to, um, you know, you can't graduate. And, and right. you know, if you do graduate, you have to be able to go into a grad school that's at your program. And, you know, and mm-hmm. we've already talked about this. I only have one grad school right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the thing about most of my girls uh, here at Georgetown, you know, our, our team GPA is 3.4. Oh, gosh. Uh, my girls, my girls are on, on they're on time. They're, they're going to graduate on time. I've even got girls who could graduate early if they wanted to, and they're kind of adjusting so they don't have, you know, they can still play mm-hmm. that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to be able to stay another year, now we've got to figure out: Are we going to add? Are we going to add a? Uh, uh, are we going to add a mass, a major, another different major? Are we going to add mm-hmm. a different minor? Are we going to do something just so that they can't technically graduate at the end of this semester, so that they can come back for another year? So it's right. still things that they got to work out. And we've sat down mm-hmm. and looked at it. I actually had one of my seniors who, who uh, thought about it. She really, you know, mm-hmm. she wanted to, you know, because she her. She was applying to grad schools and hadn't heard uh, from any of them yet. So she was like, hey, if I don't get into grad school, I want maybe another year helps me do this. So Mm -hmm. we actually sat down and looked at it. Now, she has since got accepted, and she's moving on. She's going to go ahead and graduate. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that the NAI did it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's going to be issues to it, even to be Mm -hmm. able to do it. you know, I just want to make sure everybody understands. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's I'm glad they 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 gave them that option. Just realize you've got to go through certain things to be able to take advantage of that option. Right. So the schools that have multiple degree options graduate will probably have a little bit of an advantage in that situation if the girls wanted to stay at that school. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which it's always, and I know that it's, uh, we always talk about being fair, but every school has strengths, every school has weaknesses, and, uh, you know, so it's on one side, you've got a bunch of girls at 3.4 GPA, they're graduating, that's that's not only amazing for them, amazing for your program, but that's a recruiting strength, obviously, because these girls know they're going to go there, they're going to get a good education, and they're going to get finished in four years. Exactly, and yeah, and, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't teach, I couldn't coach or teach at a program that I didn't feel like uh, they weren't going to get a strong education, and they're going to get a strong education from mm-hmm. Georgetown. Yeah, and that's that's one of my biggest selling points. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, do you also teach there? I used to. Uh, no longer. No, I do not any longer. Uh, it's. My first few years here, uh, we were kind of in transition. There were um, there were some classes. See, I was I'm a physical <laughs> I'm the old school physical education teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there were some classes when I came back that some some teachers were retiring, uh, moving on, whatever. Uh, and they were like teaching physical education, you know, because right now one of our biggest degrees is, is elementary education. Uh, and, and they didn't have somebody here at the time to teach uh, the class teaching physical education in the elementary schools mm-hmm. uh, because the teacher, bless her heart, the teacher that taught that taught me that school in that in school. So oh, gosh. Uh, she yeah. was retiring and moving on, and, and they asked me. I said, well, you've got the degree. Would you be able to? So I taught her for a couple of years, and, and then they finally hired somebody in uh, to do some other things and they wanted to take over that one as well. So I no longer teach here. Uh, I used to teach middle school. Uh, I no longer teach, um, but you and I both know I teach my girls every day. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's an education role, no doubt. And that's, 
the, uh, you know, I, you were talking about making adjustments. I, I've often felt this, the sport of softball is, um, there's so much, I mean, you, you have a great year, but you still, as a hitter, you can hit 350 and, and fail 65% of the time and still be a, a great hitter. And so you have to learn adversity. You have to learn how to bounce back. It's, uh, and it's, you can have one bad at bat, two bad at bats, and a third at bat win the game. And uh, it's just, um, I think it is all about education. It's, it's really important, I think. Oh, you hit on it directly right there. You know, yeah. I, I try to teach them all the time that, you know, it doesn't matter what you did last time. It matters what you do next time. Right, right. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, your facility is um, – tell me about your facility. I was looking at some information here. There's no actual picture um, of it, and um, I I've, I, I was on campus. Gosh, it's been a few years since I've been on campus there, so – Tell us about your facility. Is it, um, are you, yeah, just go ahead a little bit. Uh, well, I, I, honestly, since the day I got here as an assistant coach, our facility has been an ongoing project. Uh, we, we never really had the funding to do everything we wanted to do right away. Um, my predecessor, who I came in with, uh, he took the job with the agreement because at that time, Georgetown College was still playing at the local park. Um, he took the job saying, okay, I'll take the job if you will commit to building a field on campus. And he even got the, you know, got an engineer to come up with the plans of what he exactly wanted. Um, of course, they didn't put the money into everything he wanted, but they, we, they did find a field here on campus. Um, his last year here, we played one weekend series on it. So technically, my first year taking over was our first full year playing on the field we are currently mm-hmm. on. Um, when it was built, and it's it's beautiful. I mean, we fortunately we had some some con- connections back in the day. All the brick that's that's uh, the the back the the wall, uh, the backstop wall, and uh, the brick for the dugouts and everything. Uh, my former president had donated, so we didn't have to spend money on those. So it, it's it's a beautiful facade uh, with a with big dugouts. Uh, my predecessor wanted in ground dugouts, and they were a little bit too expensive. So mm-hmm. instead, we made a bigger dugout uh, out uh, just normal on, on top. Mm-hmm. Uh, so huge dugouts, uh, quality field. Um, you know, our maintenance guys help us take care of the field as best they can, but we also take a lot of responsibility ourselves. Uh, I actually had half my team in the other day pulling weeds just to make sure we continue to keep the field looking good, even even though nobody's on it right now, uh, mm-hmm. other than occasionally we bring in a recruit and have them come join us on the field. But um, And then uh, later on, uh, Started, I started a project to raise the money uh, in in the late 2000s, around 2019 maybe. Uh, we actually got our lights. Uh, we, we raised enough money to put lights up on the, on the field. So uh, mm. we didn't have those until about halfway through, you know, since we've been, been on that field. Um, and then I've had parents and or assistant coaches have helped me build batting cages out there in the last 10 years and a five-well pitching cage uh, uh, to where we can, um, during practice, instead of having to walk around and watch pitchers pitch in different areas, we can have five mm-hmm. of them pitching right there together. Um, and the, the, the big thing, uh, probably six years ago now, maybe seven, uh, we had a, a a lady who donated to the college over the years to women's athletics. Uh, she passed away, unfortunately, but she donated money to build our press box. And we now have a, a quality press box with bathroom, men's and women's bathrooms, uh, and an area for our, our locker room. So, um, oh, fantastic. As I say, everything is a process. Um, mm-hmm. In 20 years, we've built a lot of things. Um, and if I'm still here in 20 more years, I hope to have a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's a little black. I'm looking actually at your uh, facility now. There's a little dark, like a black shed behind your pitching well. 
and it's got a quote or something. It says somewhere behind, and I can't read it. Do you remember what it says? Is it a quote or something, or is it? it it's a quote one of my girls. Um, actually, the year we went 37 and whatever and went to the national, um, the senior captain on that team uh, found this quote, and it's the girl you you wanted to be. Uh, uh-huh. And I, I I, I wish I knew the quote. I don't read it every day. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but she, 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 she found that quote and she did a team bonding um, to uh, get the team together and brought them together. And she, she had that quote written up there and every player on the team uh, put their hand, uh, put their handprint around it. Uh, and then the inside stenciled in, what year they would graduate or what number they were, just different things, their name, just whatever they wanted to do around their handprint. And it was one of those that they just wanted everybody involved on that team to come together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that was a catalyst for that season, but I think it helped. It, it definitely, I mean, it's, that's huge. I think I found it, it uh, on, I did a search and it looks like, so I'm on Google Maps, and it, you know, of course, you can zoom in. It's amazing what Google Maps can do. And um, but I, it, it's not super clear. But I can put words together. It looks like she did um, uh, some took some liberties and put looks like a GC in there. But I think the quote is uh, somewhere behind the athlete you've become, and the hours of practice and the coaches who have pushed you is a little girl who fell in love with the game and never looked back play for her is that that the, that sounds that, about right that's uh yeah. a young lady who was uh her senior year was just an outstanding I mean, she was a great player for me all along she was a four-year starter for me but her senior year she just decided hey i want to take it all and she led mm-hmm. her team uh you know led her team to the nationals and and uh, wow bless her heart And leadership started from there. Yeah, leadership inside your team is um, is gigantic. If uh, I think it's crazy, that was actually a quote from Mia Hamm, which is the uh, big uh, soccer player. I guess she saw it from her. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So very cool, very cool. All right. So back a little bit. So the pandemic shuts the season down, and it it is horrible, and it's it's something that uh, you know obviously creates a, a lot of holes and gaps, but also adversity and opportunities but uh, recruiting wise since you it's not if you're not going to have any of your seniors I think would you have three or four seniors this past year I had four seniors of course all four yeah. starters but uh, I had yeah. four seniors yes right so during this process then obviously all the high schools shut down as well so recruiting had to be pretty challenging uh, well, it, yes and no. Um, to be honest with you, the uh, this kind of, this year's freshman class, um, I, I, I recruit ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. Most NAI schools, it, it, they're kind of back and forth on that. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe less, I started noticing if I kept, you know, if I waited like I used to, because when I first took this, I could recruit a kid right up until the day she graduated high school, uh-huh. uh, and she'd be a good ball player to still come. Well, everything started filtering down where at one time NCAA Division One were getting kids to commit as freshmen, um, you know, and then D2 started getting them to commit as sophomores and juniors. Well, I started having to up my yeah. up my strategy, yeah. and not not that uh-huh. I would get a com- kid to commit as a junior or sophomore or anything like that, but I had to start working on them uh, as a sophomore. I had to start uh-huh. working early uh, in the game as as it is, and um, I actually had all but one girl uh, that I'm bringing in this year committed by September October uh, last fall. Uh, so I had this year's class, other than I'm still looking for, I'm still trying to find another pitcher. Uh, I had this year's class already, you know, and, and the only reason I'm looking for another pitcher is because there's all these schools that are shutting down and these mm-hmm. kids that are getting left out in the cold. So I'm I'm looking for that quality pitcher who might, you know, you know, be willing to come down here. Uh, but otherwise I had, you know, I, right now I have 
uh, a junior college transfer and 10 freshmen coming in next year. And I, I had all those signed by September, October last fall. Oh, goodness. Well, yeah, so that's it, amazing. It really kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It really kind of affects the junior class, the sophomore class. It, I think it kind of affects them more than the senior class, I'll be honest uh-huh. with you. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these juniors that, you know, especially for an NAI school, you know, some of these juniors start to have coming out that they got overlooked when they were younger because they, they, they're really not hitting their stride until their junior or senior year. Right. Um, so right. those are the kids that, are, that you know, they're trying to figure out how am I going to get seen? What am I going to do? And, you know, I'm trying to give them advice. You know, I, I'm, I'm out recruiting. I, I was actually at a tournament this, this past weekend. I at least went down for a little bit. Ohio's running some tournaments and, uh-huh. Indiana's running some tournaments right now. And hopefully here soon, Kentucky's going to open up to some tournaments. And, and um, you know, I try to tell the kids, you know, hey, still get out and play. NAI schools, D3 schools, we can come watch you play. And, 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 uh-huh. and if you really, really think that D1 or D2 is where you want to go, keep sending them emails. Keep letting them know that you're out there. And when they can get back out, they'll look at you. Uh-huh. Yeah, the uh, I help with uh, Future Stars of Sports tournaments. I help them every so often a little bit, and then and I, uh, in fact, my Thursday show. Uh, I have a Thursday show with Ron Ray, which is the owner of Future Stars, and of course they do tournaments mm-hmm. all over this area. And uh, yeah. we're talking about getting back, and he's got a tournament in Indiana next weekend coming up, and we're working on getting a showcase there. So I'm gonna on you don't have to commit on here, but. We would love to invite you to uh, attend and help us with the showcase, and, and I can send you information if you're interested, if you're available next uh, this coming Friday. And, uh, of course, I'll have games all weekend and stuff, so I'll, I'll send you some information on that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, so recruiting ahead now, the uh, NCAA changed their rules like at one time. Of course, they were uh, getting right. – commitments and offers as freshmen and they changed the rule what uh two years ago i guess uh, it's it's uh, been within the last two years yeah yeah um and did that are you did that i know it changed things it's, for them it's going to eventually help yeah it's yeah. eventually going to help but um being so recent and everything it, it, everything's going to take time it's going to take a few yeah. years. you know I, honestly it's probably going to take about four years for it to really kind of start filtering back in and I'd love it mm-hmm. for it to get back to where it used to be where, you know, and I'll still go, you know, I'll still go talk to sophomores and, 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 and juniors. And even if I don't, you know, even if it's not until their senior year that I really look to get going with them, uh, I, I'm at least still going to put that time in there as they're younger, but uh, I'm, I'm hopefully it'll eventually get back to it because I'll be honest with you. There's some kids that, uh, that, take advantage of it as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, such and such gave me a, a, a commitment. Uh, I'm going to go to this yeah. school. And then they mm-hmm. sit back and relax, and they don't mm-hmm. get better. And, and then that mm-hmm. school now has wasted that, that time. And then there's a the kid who's busting their butt because they're just not that good yet as a freshman. But by the time they're junior or senior, they just really hit their stride. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, it's going to help the kids more than anything. I'll be honest with you, and, and that's yeah. all it should be about. It should be. Yeah, I agree. So we've got a few more minutes here. A couple of things I, I wanted to check. So your recruiting class, you got a uh, transfer coming in. Uh, you had a really good start, I guess. Kind of, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping that we all have a spring season next year. Uh, now, are you going to be able to get back on campus in the fall for your fall workouts and everything? Do you know yet? As of, yeah, as of right now, our school has already sent out um, what they're planning on doing. We're actually starting starting school early, uh, earlier mm-hmm. than ever. Um, but that is knowing that they're going to be done by Thanksgiving. When they go home for Thanksgiving break, that's the end of the semester. Oh, gosh. Uh, that's so, early. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a weird one, but I understand mm-hmm. what it is. You know, they're afraid they go home, they spend all their time, and then they come back. And mm-hmm. they're, they're afraid point. of an outbreak. And I, I get mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. I don't – whether I like it or not, I get it. I understand <laughs> yeah. exactly. You know, I have a hard time with all my players being home for – a month and a half to two months, and then we have to get ready as soon as they get back on campus. So, you know, kind of limits what we can do. But you know, I understand completely. 
but we do start early. Uh, NAIA has actually said nobody can start official fall practice until uh, August the 15th. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, even if you bring your kids back early, all you can do is conditioning. Um, uh-huh. You can't officially start practice until August the 15th for any fall sport, uh, including anything like us. Like we'll, we'll still, we'll still probably try to do our fall season, which is, you know, two or three scrimmage dates um, uh-huh. so that we'll get ready for the spring. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. We had, we had, we were having a great year, you know, yeah, we're losing uh-huh. some key components, but, uh, you know, I feel like I got some good ones coming in who can who can jump in there, and some that didn't get to play as much last year who might be able to fill in as well. Fantastic. Now, uh, do you typically? I was looking at your roster earlier. Do you typically stay with players in Kentucky? Uh, it looks like a lot of kids. You've got a Plant City, Florida girl, uh, a couple Ohio, but it looks like mostly Kentucky. No, I'd say half Kentucky, maybe. Is that something we, you try to do? My, my recruiting base is normally Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. Um, depending on the year, you know, I like the Cincinnati area because, you know, University of Cincinnati does not have softball. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of kids in the area that get overlooked. Go up to Dayton, go up to Columbus. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good softball up in Ohio as well as here in Kentucky. Uh, and then I'll go over in Indiana as well. You know, uh, one of my best pitchers I ever had here was an Indiana kid. Um, so, you know, those are my main three. Now, will we go outside that? Yeah. Uh, the kid from Florida, uh, her family, she has family here in Kentucky. So it was kind of one of those that she contacted us. Uh, I've had two or three from California over the years who I don't go look, I don't go out there looking for them. But if they send me emails, I'm not going to just delete them. I'll at least look and see, and we'll talk. And uh, I've actually got a girl from Michigan, Michigan later on this summer coming in on a visit to see if you know. Uh, so I won't not look at other states, but that's my, that's the three states I mainly recruit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks like uh, currently on this roster I see on your website, looks like you got one junior college, Lincoln Land uh, Community College transfer. Mm-hmm. Do you go in mm-hmm. and you got a transfer coming in this coming year? Do you go strong in that way? Doesn't look like it. Looks like you could go a little I, bit though. I'll be honest with you. In, tw- in in the 18 years I've been here, I've had three junior college players. Mm, yeah. So it's not one. Well, first thing, first things first. There's no junior colleges in the state of Kentucky. Oh, uh, true. Since St. Catherine moved to NAIA, and now mm-hmm. they're not even a school anymore. There's mm-hmm. no junior colleges in the state of Kentucky, so uh, it makes it hard to you know to go out and recruit junior colleges because a lot of times if I'm going to recruit a kid or have them transfer. I like to at least have an idea of who the coaches are, what the program's like, you know. Uh-huh. Is it a kid that's really has, – has, does she have good instruction before she comes here? Because I'm only going to uh-huh. have her for two years. Right. You right. know, I bring, I bring in a kid as a freshman. Hey, her first year, maybe even her first two years, we're trying to teach her something. But by her junior year, maybe she turns into a stud force. Who knows? Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. If junior college, I, I don't know that unless, you know – you know, so I, a lot of times I won't look at a junior college player unless I've seen something that makes me want to look at her. Now, I'll look videos up. I'll look old stats up. I've even been known to pull up their high school um, or their travel ball information to see, okay, uh-huh. who do they play travel ball with? So maybe there's a connection there. Uh-huh. Good point. Good point. So um, I do um... – recruiting videos and things like that. And you mentioned that it's um, doing a couple of different things. So recruiting, especially like you said, you pull up videos and, and look at information. A girl is from, let's say Indianapolis and being a private school, it's in state, out of state tuition doesn't affect anything. I'm assuming uh, girl comes from Indianapolis. You obviously it's a long way to go. Do you want to look at her? Do you get references? How do you pro- go through that process before you go and look at her? Um, there's, there's several ways. Um, even, even in Indiana, uh, 
you know, I, my my assistant coach, my pitching coach, she she has run a travel ball organization. Uh-huh. So she actually, between her and myself, we have a lot of connections in the travel ball uh, uh-huh. area, and her teams have played up in Indiana a lot. So uh-huh. there's times I'll find out who the travel ball coach is or even a travel ball coach has played against them uh, and uh-huh. we'll call for recommendations. Uh, I have friends that coach uh, at schools in Indiana that I'll call if if they go to a certain tournament. I've seen that they're going to that tournament. I'll call and say, hey, can you take a look at this kid for me? That way, the next tournament, I could, I'll drive up and watch if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's and sometimes I'll just go watch. Sometimes I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, I've got I've got three or four kids that are going to be in this tournament. I haven't seen any of them. Hey, let's go watch them. And I'll drive up for mm-hmm. the day or drive up and stay one night and um, and, and try to watch all the, all of them. And you know, hey, if I get one out of that three or four, then it, it's a worthwhile trip. And even if I don't, yeah. uh, maybe I'll find another kid. Maybe I'll find somebody else. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think, I mean, you go and see a catcher and you end up noticing a shortstop you didn't know anything about. And it, uh, I think it happens more than people think sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so to finish up here, a few things, let me, uh, I always look at this. Um, I always ask these kind of two questions as, as kind of advice. You've been around the game a long time and <clears throat> hopefully it's had another 20 years advice that you give to young athletes that want to go to college. And you've already said some things that, that uh, can be taken as advice, but if you could say one or two things, what would it be? First of all, as you're looking for schools, find the school that fits you. And what I mean is if heaven forbid, Something happened to you, and you no longer are playing softball. Is that the school that you want to be at? Uh, if there's no softball involved, is that where you want to be? Mm-hmm. Be true to who you are. Know where you want. Know what you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, second, you know, understand that what the coach wants and what you want are, are not always the same but hopefully you'll always get to the same result. Mm, good point. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, I think the, the the advice you gave, if just in case softball didn't exist, are you where you need to be? Because that's, that's really, really good. Uh, and that's a really good way of looking at it. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, the last one before we get going here, been, again, 17 years at Georgetown, travel team coach and everything, changes how the game has changed in either the last five years, last 10 years, have you noticed any, is it game the same or has it changed quite a bit? The game has changed, but it hasn't changed. Hmm. Um, when, when it's all said and done, it's still, can you play defense? Can you hit the ball? Can you pitch? So in that essence, no, it's not changed. But there are travel ball coaches and there are coaches who are teaching lessons and this and that. And and the way the game is taught has changed. Um, Kids are taught more now. You know, when I first started, um, you learned how to be an all-around player. Uh, And and kids to this day still somewhat do. But now you're taught, Uh hey, you're going to hit home runs, just hit the ball. Well, what if you're not a home run hitter and you've got that speed? Uh, we've gotten a little bit away from speed lately. And, and I, I mm-hmm. noticed this when I was watching, I think last weekend they had the uh, some softball, like 2000 yeah. College World Series. And, mm-hmm. and I was watching, and it, what amazed me, I forgot where we still wore shorts back then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, I started looking, I'm like, I'm like, I see more stealing bases. I see more bunts here than I do. And and these days you don't see it as much, you know. There are quality teams that we play against that, you know, I feel like we're in a bunting situation and they still won't bunt. Right. Um, I think in that essence, yeah, we've gotten away from it. We're we're trying to be, hey, you know, everybody saw, was it 
year or two ago, Oklahoma or Florida or somebody setting all those records with, with home runs, and uh-huh. all the coaches are, are gearing towards that. Well, that's great, but not every kid's going to be that. Uh, right. Especially exactly. once you get past the, especially once you get down to D three and NAI and uh, even a lot of your D twos, you know, how are we going to mm-hmm. teach those kids? So you know, yeah, it's changed. But to be honest with you, the game to me, it's the same. Teach the kid how to play a defense position. Mm-hmm. Teach the kid how to pitch to the spot. How to get movement on the ball. And teach the girl how to put the ball in play and make things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. In that regard, um, it's the, the game hasn't changed and will never change. Hopefully, in that in that regard, I was watching the. Uh, I didn't watch every single game, but I was watching the twenty. Uh, what is it? The twenty nineteen college World Series, and I swear, I think I only saw one attempted slap hitter one slap hitter in the whole world series and uh there was yeah and there was a girl i think she led off for ucla which of course won the thing she was um uh she did some base hit bunting uh but i don't know if i saw very much sacrifice bunting at all and um uh now the 2000 i was looking at the a couple years ago there you could even see some more just bunning period but uh, not a lot of stolen bases not as you said it it does seem like the game is getting less speed oriented and more power oriented at least at that level and as you said you can't not everybody can hit 220 foot home runs and uh, (laughs) so it's not that easy i i get a kick out of it sometimes i one time had a parent bring uh, a hitter to one of my lessons i've been doing lessons off and on for a long time and and I had a, a parent said, I said, so what do you want? You know, what's your goals here? You know, because I try to, I try to teach basically there in my perspective, I guess my perspective, there's three types of hitters. There's the speed type of hitter, not the slap hitter, but the speed type of hitter. I don't teach slap hitting that much, but uh, then there's the middle, the line drive, the, the, the hitter that most of us coach at smaller college levels, the line drive, 350, you know, 350 batting average, maybe a few home runs, a lot of RBIs running, you know, that kind of hitter. And then you got the power hitter, whichever so often you get. And so I had this little girl come in and this little, the, the dad said, what do you want? And he said, literally said, I want her to hit home runs every time. I said, well, I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good. So it's just kind of hard to do, but uh, yeah. Well, uh, and I've done, yeah. I've done lessons before. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I hate even on my team, I teach three different ways of hitting. Uh, I take whatever the girl's good at, and then we yeah. try to make it better. Yeah, yeah. Because if you take a – literally, if you take someone that doesn't have uh, – is not power hitter per se, and you try to make them lift it too much or whatever, you're going to make them not even a good hitter. I mean, they're, it, and that's right. the concept. I think people don't get that if you try to make a hitter something that she's not, she's not going to be – and average, she, she's going to be probably really bad. No. Yep. Yep. Well, appreciate it. Any last thing you want to say? I guess we talked and everything. You're looking forward to the fall, which is around the corner. And um, any other last words before we get off here? <laughs> I, I'm just ready to get back to being on yeah. a ball field. Uh, being yeah. able to go watch that tournament last weekend was was uh exciting just because I was at a field. Um uh, but I hope all of you, uh softball players, coaches, everybody, you're looking forward to the same and you remember missing this season mm-hmm. later on when you're when you're not having yeah. a good season. It it yeah. that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. Well I appreciate it, Thomas, and you have a great day. Appreciate you being on in the show. And uh, hopefully see you down the road some. I appreciate it. All right. Great. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, That was Coach Thomas Thornton from Georgetown College. And appreciate him being on the air. And uh, it it does look like I did get possibly someone that kind of uh, got on that but didn't send me a message. So if I missed you, I apologize. 
If you need to contact me at Holly Knight, uh, you can contact me at my email, Holly Knight at nationalfastpitchacademy.com. Uh, you can uh, contact me that way. You go on the website, and there's multiple ways you can contact me there. Uh, we have a show here at Gap to Gap Radio every Monday at noon. Sometimes we change that based on the availability of the um, of the um, guest. And then, uh, as I said, Ron Ray and I with Future Stars of Sports, we have a show every noon at Thursday. Next Monday, I'm going to have um, uh, Travis Unruh, which is the – Owner, founder, I don't know what his official title is uh, at this point, but of uh, Fusion, which is a a travel team coach uh, out of uh, Indiana. So he's going to be my guest next week at 12 o'clock on Monday. So hope everybody has a a great day and um, contact me if you've got any questions and we'll look, uh, look for you down the road. Have a great day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.